Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Xbox Ultimate Podcast. This is episode number six. It is freaking crazy that this is already episode number six. Uh, feels like time is flying by. Feels like it's only been about six weeks. Wait, it only has been six weeks. <laughs> well, I guess that makes sense then. Episode number six here. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate the support. Um, you can see this podcast on YouTube and you can see me. Uh, you can uh, listen to this podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Um, so check it out. We already are. Spread it to your friends, your neighbors, your mom, your dad, your cat, your dog, whoever will listen. I appreciate it. Um, Twitter, you can find me at Fun Speculation. Um, and I think I already said YouTube, but uh, the YouTube name is Fun Speculation. I can't remember, but I'm just hammering it home again for you. Uh, but we got a interesting show today because I got a lot to talk about. Um, I want to talk about first uh, the Fun Speculation of the Week which is going to be the Ubisoft forward event. We're going to speculate what might, what they might show, what they might talk about. Um, maybe some interesting games will be revealed. Um, also, I want to talk about uh, my reasons that uh, I'm looking forward to next gen, right? Why am I looking forward to it? Because I keep seeing this stuff like... People saying that you know they they haven't shown us a reason to really care about getting a next gen console now because all these launch uh, the launch lineups are fairly weak, and I want to talk about the reasons why I think it should still be exciting to move into next gen and why you should be excited. I know I am, so you know to each their own. But uh, hear me out on those topics, okay? So then we're going to talk about The Witcher Three, some news there. Uh, some of these new games that just dropped, Avengers and Tony Hawk. Um, and then we'll end off maybe talking about the Game Pass Game of the Week. Um, and I, I forgot, also want to talk a little bit about EA and Madden. Because there's some crazy stuff going on in that world. So um, back to the first topic at hand. The fun speculation of the week. And that is the Ubisoft Forward event. Scheduled for September the 10th. That is... In six days, today's Friday, so that's on next Thursday. Um, they have said on the promo, if you watch the little promo video, uh, excuse me, my nose itches. <laughs> if you see the little promo video, it says new games and big news. So that's in big bold letters. That's a pretty bold statement. You know, new games and big news. You usually don't just see these companies come out with that bold of a statement, new games and big news. So I think there is going to be some big games and big news. I don't think these are just new games. I think they're big games. I think they're uh, games that we're going to be excited about. And I want to tell you a couple reasons why I think that. And maybe you will think that too. Who, who knows? Um, first off, they've had <laughs> a really bad couple months here. You know, Ubisoft has with press because of all you got to do is just Google Ubisoft and maybe add the word workplace to, to your Google search. And you'll, you'll find some stories going on about some of the workplace environment uh, stuff going on there with some um, toxic stuff, you know, that's really not good for anybody, um, especially people being forced to uh, be in an environment like that when they're at work. So, you know, uh, lots of interesting things going on. They're changing things or trying to fix some of this stuff, supposedly. Um, there's legal stuff, I think, going on there. I don't want to talk into too much detail because I don't want to get anything wrong. Uh, I've read stuff, but I can't remember everything. So just Google it, you know, if you have time. But uh, interesting news for Ubisoft um, the last couple months here. Now they've also have these big massive franchises uh these games coming out. You know they they just had Ghost Recon Breakpoint which was a disappointment but then they came out with like the 2.0 um update to it, you know that's supposed to fix a lot of the issues. I haven't had time to check that out, but 
Um, they have the uh, watch. They have Watch Dogs Legions coming. They have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where they've been hitting their home runs the last couple of years. Has been with Rainbow Six and with the Assassin's Creed games or Origins and uh, Odyssey. Um, have been uh, really big games for them, and you know I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla is probably going to be a massive massive game for them. So far, the uh, visuals haven't wowed people, but people are still excited about that game. You know, it's going to have a lot of um, fun times probably to be had there. So, you know, Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed, these are all these big open world games, you know. Um, And that's kind of what they've been doing for a long time now, since this past generation started. And, you know, I think they're seeing that these other kind of franchises and other kind of games can sell also now. And I think that they've been proven that by Sony um, and some of their exclusives that they've been having that are more story-driven and focused, right? Um, so I think they're not going to be as stuck in like their formulaic approach anymore. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, I think we're going to see some different styles of games. And because of that, what I'm hoping is we finally get Splinter Cell. There's been rumors, because, you know, even the going back, what, like two years now, when all those games were, like, leaked at, like, I think it's a flyer, um, Walmart or something. There was a Walmart uh, storefront on the internet. I can't remember exactly what, but there was several games that were listed. And every single one of those games turned out to be true. But there was one that was missing, and that was Splinter Cell. And maybe it got reworked or they they had to go back to the drawing board or whatever we don't know what happened there but it's been a while there's a lot of splinter cell fans out there there's a lot of fans of the stealth genre out there and of those type of games um and we've kind of had a gap in the market between you know what happened with Metal Gear and Kojima? They haven't had one since uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, we've had uh, no new Splinter Cells since since I think uh, Blacklist came out, and that was right at the end of the 360 era. You know, right before the next gen consoles were launching, and um, I think you know they kind of judge the cells based on that game. You know, with um, compare, saying that oh it's not really needed when their other games are selling uh, more right you could also chalk that up to release window times and bad, bad decisions there because I think they really dropped that game just a few months before the next gen consoles came out and um, at the time you know there, there was no like next gen enhancements or anything like that going you know and most people bought their games on disc um, and maybe it was only available on disc I don't even remember you know but you know when you bought your games like that then like it it felt like that was purely last generational you know so i think this uh new era of games that opens the door to a lot of opportunities for um different kinds of games like i said and i think uh splinter cell is going to make a return i think so there was a, a trademark filing from um splinter cell but it was for clothes (laughs) and this just happened it was just announced the other day or not announced but uh, somebody found it and so maybe they're looking to market splinter cell pretty heavily if they're getting uh trademarks on clothes you know so that that was a rumor i saw so i don't even know 100 where it came from so take that with a grain of salt but you know splinter cell clothes so it could be just like a Splinter Cell uh, branding on a hat, or it could be like, you know, earmuffs <laughs> or a shirt or, or shoe. They, who knows exactly what it is, but they put the Splinter Cell trademark for clothes. It filed that supposedly. So, you know, they're putting a lot into the brand. They've had Sam Fisher everywhere. You know, everywhere they can find a place to stick Sam Fisher. You know, I think if they end up coming out with like a new Rayman game, the Sam Fisher is going to be a uh, one of the weird looking playable characters in the Rayman game. They find out a way to put him in every single game they have right now, even if he's going to be forced to be in first person. So I think people are ready 
to see Splinter Cell in an actual traditional Splinter Cell way instead of seeing Sam Fisher everywhere else. There's two there's two ways that I would like to see Sam Fisher right now. Tom Hardy on the big screen because he was supposed to play Sam Fisher or be in the Splinter Cell movie. And then also the the game. I want to see Splinter Cell the game with Sam Fisher in some capacity. Um, I think they're going to probably have to reboot, rework this franchise, you know, to take it into the uh, next generation. Um, but it is a uh, interesting era going into the ray tracing and, you know, um, the next general uh next generational uh features for for graphics and stuff because splinter cell used to be this graphical showpiece and they can do that again and make that a focal point and that's the other thing i was going to talk about here as i think we're going to get these game announcements are going to be next generational focus games i don't think they're going to be cross-generational like watchdogs and assassin's creed if you're going to have two events like they are you would want to hold your bigger things for the second event, the bigger announcements, because you don't want to get rid of your big wow things for your first event and then have a second event and not have anything for people. So I think we're going to get major splashes and I think they're going to be next generational focus games that aren't going to be on um, current gen. They're just going to be on next gen, maybe uh, next year release or uh, even the following year. Or, you know, maybe they've been holding on to something secret. You know, who knows? Um, but I think um, one of those games that are, is going to look incredible will be Splinter Cell. If you think back to the, when they how they announced Watch Dogs back in, what, 2012 or whenever they announced that game. And that first trailer just blew everybody's mind. I think they're going to want to have a moment like that. Uh, to get the conversation going about Ubisoft in a different direction than it has been lately to wow people and to show off one of their biggest franchises. And I think that's what they're going to do with Splinter Cell. Then they also, there's been rumors of a Prince of Persia remake. And if you really think about that, um, the Epic, the unreal engine demo that they had, uh, that they released on the internet and the, you know, the sand and the mountains and the rocks and stuff. And, Think about what a game like Prince of Persia could look like next gen. Because I know when I was watching that demo, I was thinking Prince of Persia. <laughs> that's what that's what I wanted. It's like, oh, this would be amazing if it was like a Prince of Persia game. So you know they could do some amazing things with graphics and these in the in a in a world with the Prince of Persia franchise. And I would be excited to see both of those games announced. Um, I played a lot of the 360 games, the Prince of Persia games. I thought they were a blast. Um, and I could, I would love to see something like that style that like that platforming, fast platforming style of open world kind of experience. It could be really interesting, you know, maybe not even open world, but, you know, just more of the style that they had those 360 games in. Um, make that look new and shiny and fresh and that would be pretty awesome. And then give me some Splinter Cell, man. Let's let's finally see it. It's been too long. It's been seven years. Seven freaking, or maybe even has it been eight years now? Seven. It's been either seven or eight years. I remember it came out on the 360, like right before, right before the Xbox One came out, and uh, it's too long. I can't believe we went a whole console generation without a new Splinter Cell game. That's just bananas, you know. And we only got one Rainbow Six game. Um. Yeah, they they need to put some more effort into this Tom Clancy brand, maybe or something. You know, like get these games pumping out a little bit more frequently, or figure out figure out something there because you know fans fans are wanting more. I think Rainbow Six even has been four years. This is like the fourth season. You know, and, and the game looks great, but you know, what are they? How are they going to bring that to next gen? I want to see some next gen improvements on that game or another version of it or another rainbow six altogether. So yeah, going, going into that, I want to talk about um, my reasons that I am looking forward to next gen. So one of the reasons would be if we get a splinter cell, (laughs) you know, and this is more about around launch. Okay, I think everybody's excited about next gen, 
But a lot of people are saying they haven't given us a reason that we need one at launch. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons why I'm really excited to get one at launch. Because this is a different time. You know, 2020 has been a different year altogether. Different kind of year, right? And we've had a different kind of console launch because it's September 4th. And we still don't have the prices. We still don't have the release dates. We know that the controller exists. um, And... Uh, we know that the Series S exists, I mean, because when people are purchasing the controllers, it actually says Series S on some of the insert in there. Uh, they haven't even announced that console yet. They've been reworking their all their marketing because they canceled Halo Infinite, and that's one of the reasons people are not as excited about launch anymore because that game is gone now, and that's where they put all their eggs. They put all their eggs in one basket. They were counting on this thing, and they said, hey, we're, hey, no matter what else, you know, we'll push the other things out of the way even just to make sure that we got room for Halo. Well, now when you don't have Halo there, you don't have anything. You don't have, well, you have some stuff, but you don't have much else, right? We're going to get some really cool games and some great games that are going to be kind of launch exclusive games. Um, you're going you're gonna to have, like, Gears Tactics, and, you know, maybe they'll get Flight Simulator up there close to launch on the Series X, and... You know, we know we got the medium and um, there's other games coming like Scorn. We don't know exactly when that's coming out 100%. Um, we know there's a lot of stuff around launch window, you know, there's Crossfire X, um, stuff like that. So there's a lot to be excited about that are kind of next generational experiences. Um, the medium, you know, as an example, you know, it has uh, this dual world thing going on and it's, it has ray tracing and stuff, uh, supposedly. So, you know, it, that game looks pretty good. You know, but the, it's not that like big AAA thing for PS5. I'm excited about that too. You know, they got Ratchet and Clank, they got uh, the Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales uh, game, um, and then they got the Demon Souls remake, all kind of around that launch window. And there's some other cool games there too. And there's plenty to be excited about there also. So I think no matter which system you're getting, you're going to have enough to play at launch. But that's not the main reason. It's because of everything else we already have consoles don't generally get these like um this has always been different than pc is what i'm trying to say you know always it's been like every five years you finally get your leap on being able to play games better but all the games you had didn't carry over with you anymore you know um it it worked like okay, this is a new media now. This is a new format, and my old format won't play on my new device, right? And PC has always been, okay, you upgrade your PC, your other stuff's going to look better and play better because it matters how good your PC is. You know, on consoles, we haven't had that. And until this past generation, it started changing. When Xbox made uh, a a lot of enhancements on some of their backwards compatible games they started doing that this generation they started coming out with all these backwards compatible games but they've also been adding enhancements to them uh resolution and and frame rate and stuff on a lot of these games and so it's kind of been changing where you're we're starting to be able to experience some of these older games in a better way because of new hardware well this generation is going to take that to another level especially on the series x because they're even adding like features like HDR to games that have never had it. Um, a lot of games are getting X Series X enhancements or optimized for Series X. And that includes games that are releasing now. There's less reason for these companies to hold off some of their franchises from release now because they are able to just easily come out with the, the Series X enhancement or optimized for Series X um, feature, right? So... You know, I don't know, I'm not saying it's easy to do that, but if you sell the game now and you have like smart delivery, you're automatically going to get that next gen version. So they can go ahead and sell us the game. But if you look at it, if they would have held off a few months, that would have been equivalent to what would have been a launch Series X game, right? So, you know, games like the Avengers, you know, games like we're going to get with Cyberpunk, um, there's so many games coming out, you know, so the sports games. Um, now, some of these are not taking as much of a consumer-friendly approach with the next-gen enhancements, but 
you know, there's a lot that's going to be able to play. And a lot of the things that we're going to be able to play is things that we've just recently bought and or that we've bought in the past. So looking at my library of games, I have several games and those games are either going to be enhanced for Series X or they're just going to be running better just because of the hardware in general where they're going to potentially get better frame rates, better resolution, and maybe HDR support because that's stuff that Xbox is doing on a hard on a hardware level with, with the software that's built into the hardware. So, quick resume. You know, it, now the, some people only care about the game experience, okay? There's like this one game that I'm waiting for that I can't experience anywhere else other than next gen that I'm excited for. And if that's all you care about is that 100% next thing to play that you can't experience in any other way other than on next gen, then you know what? Wait for it, right? But to to say that you shouldn't be excited for next gen uh, because that maybe not doesn't exist on either platform right away um, would be maybe not not accurate you know you know you maybe you could make a bigger case on the playstation 5 with the launch window that they have with you know how you know spider-man is is going to have some of those next gen features even though it's a smaller game compared to like the last one that came out or um you know you have ratchet and clank is going to have some of the stuff showing off the hard the hard drive um, and stuff like that. So there's things, smaller experiences on the PlayStation to experience at launch that that can be exciting. Um, and Xbox, because of Halo's delay, doesn't have that huge one big thing. But if that's what you're waiting for, then you might as well wait on both consoles for two years, probably. Right? Because that's generally every console generation goes through that growing pain of when things finally come out that were built primarily as that console being the focus, that is a big game, right? So if that's the way the mentality you take, then that's fine. And then you wait for it, right? But if you care about the overall experience and being able to have, if you play lots of games and don't just play that, wait for that one game and play that game, if you play lots of games and you like to switch it up with the games that you're playing and you like to try different things and um I'll tell you like Series X with Game Pass Ultimate and um all of this back library that I have uh, getting better and getting improvements that's reason enough alone for me to be excited. I don't even if they didn't have any launch games, I would still be buying it to improve everything I already have, like buying a new PC, right? It's or upgrading your PC. We're finally at, in the day now in 2020, as crappy as a year as it is, that buying a new console actually upgrades your past your past game purchases. Um, that's new in console gaming. You know, that's that's a new thing. And I'm I'm down for that, right? I, maybe not as much on PS5. I don't know how many of the enhancements are adding to backwards compatibility. I think that there was some stuff announced that they are even doing that on the PlayStation 5 now. So, you know, even if that's your platform, you know, looking at your back library of games that you ha- maybe haven't finished, your back catalog, and know that, hey, these are going to be enhanced in some way, even if it's just based on the hardware alone. And some developers are really pushing stuff and putting in new features and making them available to us. It is a um, awesome time, and I am pumped for that to be able to experience my stuff in the best way possible. And that's why I'm excited about next gen. The games don't matter as much for a next gen experience immediately as much as the hardware does right now, because the games are coming. The hardware is going to improve everything that we're already experiencing. And then we're going to get those next-gen feature games with it's all pushed on next-gen, and man, we're going to be, our minds are going to be blown, you know? So that's why I'm excited. And 
I can't I can't wait for them to come out. I just want the price and I want the release date. Let us know, guys. When? How much? It's it's getting pretty crazy late here. Um, I don't know what they're doing, why they're doing it. I'm guessing they are playing that. You know, uh, steer. They're they're having a steering contest or something. Because man, one of them needs to blink because we we want to make the buying decisions of knowing, hey, are we, am I going to be able to get both of them, or are we just going to get one, or you know, we which one do you get? You know, which one's more expensive? So give us give us the information, guys. All right, so going into what I going into the next topic now. This was something that I was kind of talking about a little bit with um, you know the enhancements on the games. And one big example of this is something that was just announced today, and that is The Witcher Three is going to get major enhancements. Game came out six years ago, guys. Six years ago, it's getting major enhancements for consoles. It's getting ray tracing. Oh, I think even PC was announced with it. Like they're getting ray tracing. Uh, they're getting uh, better resolution and 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 features and stuff and and next generational uh, tech in the game. Next generational visual enhancements. And we're getting it for free. If you already bought the game, you don't have to do anything. You're going to get it. You're going to get the next gen version of The Witcher 3 at no additional cost because you've already invested in the brand, in the game, and they are taking care of us. Wow. Thank you. I guess you figured out the formula because there's another game company, a publishing company, that put out a statement saying that, you know, they just can't figure it out. You know, they couldn't figure out how to make it to where everybody on these next on these platforms on no matter what device you're on was it going to be able to get the uh next gen version of it for free because somewhere along the way they always ran into some kind of roadblock there was blockers everywhere they looked no matter which way they tried so they came up with a solution and i'm talking about control published by 505 games made by remedy i don't know if remedy played any part in this i'm assuming they didn't but they could have but 505 games their solution was to go ahead and release the expansion for Control and the original game as an Ultimate Edition on current gen. Now, it's already out. But make that the version that gets enhancement for free. The one that you're just releasing. But if you already bought the game just a year ago or less than a year ago, you know what? You're left behind. Only... People that buy the game now get the next-gen enhancement with the Ultimate Edition. That was their solution. To release another current-gen SKU and enhance that one instead of just enhance the original SKU that people have already purchased. Huh. I wonder how CD Projekt Red figured it out and how these other game companies are figuring it out and how you can't. So that makes you look pretty bad, especially when that game only came out a year ago. The Witcher 3 came out six years ago. So that's pretty crappy in my book. And I applaud uh, CD Projekt Red for doing this on a game that came out that long ago. You know, we're about to buy GTA 5 for the third time, probably. (laughs) They haven't announced pricing on it, I don't think, on the next gen. But that was the first thing they showed at the PlayStation conference. So GTA 5 coming again, and I'm sure they're going to sell it to us because of what two, the way 2K has been doing with their pricing and stuff, you know, and even like the NBA um, making us pay $99.99 to get both versions instead of, or you can just wait and get one version. But, you know, the, it's pretty crazy what's going on with, you know, let, granted, let's say that NBA 2K on next gen is a completely different game. Not just enhanced visuals and stuff. Maybe, maybe it's in a, just a different experience. Then that makes sense, you know. But to have it um, be a premium price to get both versions 
you know, is kind of ridiculous. I, I really, we should uh, applaud what like CD Projekt Red's doing, um, what Microsoft is doing with the smart delivery program and pushing that because it is really bringing to light some of the people that are just wanting to take advantage of the game and sell it to us in multiple ways possible. Uh, we should be past that definitive edition ultimate edition thing that we had back in 2013 with all these re-releases of games um we already invested in the game we already bought it we should get the investment back to us as the gamers with this improved technology um a lot of those games already have a lot of those features on pc they've just been held off from console so you know, give it, give us, give us the goods, you know, and especially if you're releasing your game now or or recently released it, you know, to not have that option um, is pretty crappy to me because that just would make me think that you're planning on selling it again to us later. So we'll see another example of something that is similar, but in a different complete way is Mario uh, 3D All-Stars. And this is exciting because I love Mario. And, you know, these are older games. I mean, I'm talking about older, even though you saw the Mario Galaxy isn't as old, but, you know, you have uh, Mario 64, you have uh, Sunshine, uh, Mario Sunshine, and then you have uh, Mario Galaxy as part of a, the Mario 3D All-Stars game that was just announced yesterday. Uh, from Nintendo for the Mario uh, 35th anniversary uh, thing. And, you know, going back at Mario 64 to me was one of the best games ever. And it changed the gaming. If you're you're around my age and I was in like fourth or fifth grade, I think I was, I was one of those kids, you know, where the had the family videotaping them at Christmas, the year that the 64 came out. And, freaked out on camera you know like i stupidly threw my 64 up in the air like in the box when i when i saw it because i was so excited you know because that's what everybody wanted back then and it was awesome uh because that was the first time we really experienced these like 3d worlds on game console and tv and stuff you know and mario 64 just freaking blew my mind back then and to have that come back um in an accessible way on the switch is going to be pretty awesome. I don't like how they're doing it as a timed release where there, you can only get it this collection for a limited time. It just shows how protective they are of being able to resell their properties and how they're trying to create this like uh limited aspect of it where they're going to sell more and then they're going to put it in the, put it in the Mario vault. I'm going to start calling it the Mario vault or the, Nintendo vault kind of like Disney does. They're going to put it away in the vault and then sell it again to us later at another time. Um, so that may be kind of the direction they're going with that. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that. I'd rather just have it always available buy buy that game, which I, I do understand, you know, it's an older game. So, you know, they, it makes sense to sell that because we, that wasn't ever even available digitally before. Right. Um, unless they did it available digitally on the Wii, I don't know if they did. Let somebody let me know. Leave in the comments or um, t- uh, tweet me at Bun Speculation if they did that before. But um, I would like if I buy this game digitally, I would hopefully like for it to move forward with me to whatever Nintendo products they have in the future. Right? Um, that would be that would be a good thing. So. Yeah, I'd like to see some other enhancements with it as well. Maybe like um, a little bit more put into it besides just the increased resolution and stuff. But uh, yeah, if you're a Mario fan, if you're a Nintendo fan, that's exciting uh, to have those games. So, you know, you can't really compare that to what Witcher 3 or the controls doing. It's completely different things. However, um. I am more okay with reselling old games that are getting more remastered, you know, than just, um, or if, you know, it's never been available digitally before, obviously, right? Um, Then having the game just resold to us again in the same form, like Control, except with an expansion attached, and this one's next-gen. 
that just doesn't make sense, you know? So anyway, um, that leads me to uh, Avengers, which is the next to- game I was going to be talking about because this just came out and it's going to have smart delivery. So this game just mm-hmm. dropped, right? And it has smart delivery. So if when you get, when you get your Series X or PS5, this game should look better, which is awesome. They're going to take advantage of the next-gen features on these consoles with some of the visual enhancements and stuff. Maybe load time improving. Because one thing I'll tell you right now is if you're playing this game and you fail in the story at something, a quick time event, you miss a button, or, or you're sneaking and you get spotted, the, the loading time between trying again kind of sucks. So I'm hoping that's improved on next-gen. But I'll, I wanted to talk about the Avengers because of the experience I've had with it so far. And now I wasn't very high on this game because of the beta. It just kind of seemed kind of generic to me. I kind of liked the graphics, but I didn't really like the characters that much in the in the uh, in the beta. And I didn't really like a lot of the gameplay. It kind of seemed like Ultimate Alliance to me, but like um, just with better graphics and a bigger budget, you know. Uh, which is nothing, not a knock against Ultimate Alliance. I like that game, but that seems that game knows what it is and isn't trying to be a triple A experience, right? This game's trying to be a triple A experience, and it seemed like that. Now, what was left out of the beta, and what shocked me, because I I booted up this game at 11 p.m. last night. I was in bed. Uh, my daughter was in our room. My wife was sitting down in bed. I was sitting down in bed. My daughter was hanging out in there. And we were decided just to boot this game up. And I was like, okay, we're going to give this, we're just going to give this a try just before bed because I was excited to play it. But we got to get to bed soon. So I'm just going to play it for a little bit. Right. So I booted up the game and. Man, that that opening storyline, the opening sequence with Kamala Khan going to the uh, the Avengers headquarters thing for that competition. Uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much. Maybe I already am. Hmm. <laughs> so I'll stop there. The, this is the opening sequence. The opening sequence to this game is one of the best story feeling experiences that I've had watching a game, especially when my daughter was watching. Um, and the, the quality of the graphics, the voice acting, and then going into the environment that it was just gave you the, this feeling. And we ended up playing about an hour last night because we couldn't put it down. We had, we had to get through that whole experience and, you know, before the end of it, my daughter was taking the controller out of my hands and forcing me to give it to her and was demanding to play the game. And she doesn't play anything really other than Fortnite and Minecraft and Roblox. Occasionally she'll try other stuff. I've tried numerous times to get her into the other, into other games. Um, she does play Sea of Thieves and, and stuff like that sometimes. She's got, uh, excuse me, she's gotten into that a little bit lately. But uh, she, this game just grabbed her, the story, you know. Uh, my wife was, like, super into the story, um, focused on it. She she loved it. She couldn't wait to ha- see what happened next and was asking about when are you going to play. You're not going to be able She told me, you're not going to be able to play this game without me watching. Um, And, you know, I, you know we are kind of, like, she... she likes Marvel stuff and she likes some of the stuff, but not like I do. Right. Like I, I'm big time into the superhero stuff and in the movies. And, you know, I got my, if you're, if you watch on YouTube, I got a picture of Gambit back there and I got, you know, Ninja Turtles over here. You can kind of see, and I got, uh, um, Batman stuff back there and you can't even see on this other side. I got all kinds of stuff over here. You know, I'm big into this, uh, Marvel stuff and, you know the the story though was just so so engaging with as as a dad um 
and seeing my daughter really get into it just made me really happy. So I I encourage now the the story could go downhill, right? Um I saw a little bit more cuz my daughter started playing it after uh I know she stayed up late, but you know, we're doing homeschool stuff right now, right? So she played a little bit today after school. And she so I saw a little bit more of the story and it so far it's still just as good, right? Uh but um it could go off the rails. You know, this is not a review of the whole game, okay? But if you like a good uh, feeling a story narrative, uh, play that opening sequence of the Avengers and take it from there because it grabbed me. It grabbed my wife. It hooked my daughter, and that's all she's been playing today. So props to you guys, and you know what? Thank you for not including that in the beta because it surprised me, and it got people talking. You know, so I I saw some of the reviews on Metacritic and stuff. Like I think it's like hovering around a seventy two right now. If I was basing it on that alone, my my review would be much higher. But I know it's mainly going to be like a uh, games of service type multiplayer style game. So we'll get into more of that after I get through the story. But right now the story is awesome. So um, if you like story based games, if you like a a good quality story, um, so far it's been pretty pretty dang good. So we'll see how long it is too, though. I'm not sure about that. Maybe I'll review the story, and uh, once I finish it as a separate review, and then play the multiplayer, and then review that, and then have a uh, episode on my YouTube channel just about uh, just about that game. That sounds like it could be fun. Um, next, I also want to talk about uh, the other game that came out last night, uh, and that's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Now, if you want to do a remake, a remaster, if you want to release a game again and pay for it, make people pay for it all over again, this is 100% the way to do it because the developer that made this game, uh, props to you guys, um, that is, it stays, if if you were in high school in the late 90s, early 2000s, then you know what Tony Hawk was all about, right? If you played games back then, I mean, you put hours and hours into Tony Hawk. Even if you weren't like a, a skateboarding, like huge skateboarding fan, at that time, skateboarding was taking off. Um, all of that, like, the X Games stuff started, like, exploding, you know? And skateboarding really grew around the same time that this game grew and it just took off to another level and Tony Hawk's pro skater was maybe influential in that. I don't know. There was a lot of guys that I became familiar with that were skaters just because of that game that I, I liked their special moves in Tony Hawk. So I actually would start to watch the X games and see if they would do some of that stuff when I was watching. Right. It was a, a great game then. And part of it was how how good it felt, right? You couldn't recreate that feeling that that game had with the controls. It was just the combo systems and and being able to rank up that super high combos and it's kind of arcadey, but you know it's just gets you in this like this mode of just having a good chill time while also improving and getting your score up higher and higher and higher, and it was addicting. And they kept that formula going for several games, and it worked. And then at some point, they fell off the rails towards towards the end there, you know. But uh, you know, Tony Hawk One and Two, those were great games. And man, did they nail this remaster! I mean, it just it feels like the it feels like if they made the game in 2020, that's what it would feel like, right? The original game, if they decided, okay, we're going to make this game in 2020, this is what it would feel like. The visuals are crisp. The music is amazing. The uh, gameplay is more solid than it even was then. It is awesome. So if you're a fan of Tony Hawk, check that game out. If you're a fan of uh, skateboarding, check it out. If you're a fan of video games, check it out. If you were on the fence because you don't know, you know, uh, they might have ruined it, your your memories of it or whatever. Give Tony Hawk a try because, man, it's awesome. And I can't wait to see uh, the, I think there's like, a, I haven't checked it out, but the online creation tool 
or the, the the skate park creation tool um i need to check more of that because if you can actually create parks and share them online with like to everybody and you can maybe there's a filter system where you can find the best one somehow uh that could take this game into another level than we've ever even thought so there could be uh some growth potential there with tony hawk and some of the streaming community and uh some of that creative community that could be pretty fun so i i am really interested to see that um now i want to talk about something that isn't so awesome in the uh sports gaming world since we're kind of onto sports games if you consider skateboarding a sports game that's that's completely a sports game right and that's madden oh boy madden <laughs> i think you know i'm i've played every madden that's come out since probably the year 2001 i think maybe before no even before then it was like 99 98 is probably when i really started started playing madden um you know, before before then, I you know was played a lot of like game day, and then I would play a lot of the two K football games when they came out, and that was my primary f- football game that I that I loved was the two K games, and so originally, so it was yeah, there was um, you know, there's a Tech Mobile games, you know, and those kind of graduated into playing um, the game day games back on like the original PlayStation and stuff. Right. Um, then you also had like NFL blitz and stuff like that, that kind of, we got to play for a while. And then, you know, then we had 2k came out, um, the dreamcast. Right. And that game to me, was like, okay, well, this is, this is another level, right. Of football. Right. um, and then at one point, the NFL decided to allow EA exclusivity of their license, and 2K lost it. And that was the year after the 2K NFL ESPN NFL 2K5, which in my book is still the best NFL video game ever made. ESPN NFL 2K5 was amazing. It had everything even the physics if you go back and watch videos of that game today even though this was like on the original xbox right was just like levels above and beyond what they come up with now um with some of the physics and stuff now i'm not saying visually it was as good as what they have now because you know that's you're talking about 15 years ago well actually that would have come out in 2014 so that's 16 years ago right so or sorry 2004 so yeah that's 16 years ago 16 years ago guys and that game still like if i were to grab it and play it today uh i i believe it would honestly would play better than madden um so many great things about that and you know the mad ea got the exclusive license from nfl and they've kept they've held on to it ever since then and for a while it was going okay you know uh madden games were great i played every single one because i'm such an nfl fan i I, like i love my personal team is the cowboys Uh, i'm a huge homer i love all the dallas sports teams because i live in the dallas area and i've always lived in the dallas area um so you know, for me, I need to play that NFL video game every year. It's just part of who I am, right? And same with NBA. I've always played the NBA games, and I always play um, hockey games. For the most, I don't always play. I play the hockey games quite a bit, but NFL's got that exclusivity with EA, and it the last couple years it has just gone really wrong <laughs> like it's i don't know if something happened at ea in the shakeup of of like leadership at the studios that are making these sports games or or what but it seems like all they care about is gouging people on ultimate team um and overcharging for stuff and making it as uh 
pay to win as possible and make you want to buy these bundles. And I'm guilty of it too. You know, I've, I've played ultimate team now for about six, four or five years. Maybe I, I don't know how long it's been out, but I've played quite a bit of it and I've poured money into it because it's made when I've had that exposable income at times, I've like, okay, well I really want this guy and I don't have as much time to play as these like, you know, teenagers that are sitting there playing constantly and grinding this stuff out. And the only way you can compete when you do play is to get some of the better players. And the only way you could do that is by getting coins, which you'd have to buy bundles to sell players or get, or get, hopefully get lucky and hit the jackpot on a player. Right. And, but they've gone the last couple of years to where now even the systems you have for leveling up when you level up um, in the game, in the game mode, they, you level up and your prize, you know what your prize is? They allow you the opportunity to purchase something with real money. You know, and the, those prizes aren't even that great, right? So they have a reward system that encourages you to purchase that like it's a, like it's a gift. Like, this is your prize. Here, you can buy this. It costs real money. Um, here, this every week, we're going to have a bundle come out that's going to cost $100. 90 if you sign up for EA, EA Access, right? It's going to cost $100 for a bundle. And, you know, you maybe you'll get lucky and get a really good card, but maybe you won't, you know? So... You know, and they have these packs constantly and stuff. And a lot of them you can't buy with in-game currency. You can only buy them with real currency. Um, in fact, any of the good stuff, usually you can't buy with in-game currency. They they hold that off for real currency. And um, it's getting kind of sickening with the Ultimate Team. And 2K is guilty of this a little bit, too. Now, they've because of the success of Ultimate Team, they won, they've created you know the My Team modes in 2K. I haven't got as sucked into those ones as yet that I did with the Ultimate Team, so I can't talk into too much about how their pricing models go, but I have seen some of the same stuff there. But we've seen 2K with what they've done with um, some of their uh, you know next-gen enhancements and stuff and not being very consumer-friendly. But I will say this for just besides... Besides this ultimate team talk and whether it's right that these game companies put this stuff out there and that it's so expensive and crazy, whether that's right or not, that's a debate for other people. I personally think it needs to change. At least drop the prices significantly because it is freaking crazy. There's no reason that digital football cards should cost $100 to buy and then they lose their value later once the new game comes out, especially when you're purchasing a game for $60 in the first place or $70 if you're a 2k for next gen, right? So, you know, that's a, there's a little bit of greed and, and tactics going on with the way that these ultimate team and my team modes go. And I'm starting to lose interest some into sports games in general, because that's a lot of where the focus is going is in those modes, but they keep raising the prices and, finding more ways to get money out of us. So that is taking my love for some of these sports games away. However, I still like to play the games. I still like the franchise mode. I still like seasons mode. I really loved when 2k had the online career mode for, um, the, uh, for playing your franchises online with your friends, you know, and, and stuff like that. I, I, I like that stuff, but when you don't have, competition it goes downhill and you know Madden has not had any competition making football games for 16 years and you're seeing fans finally get have had enough right with this year's release it seems most ever like copy and paste 2020 2021 Madden except we're going to change the uh digital graphics in a lot of places and maybe just give some bug fixes and enhancements it's, it's what it seems like when you're playing it there, there's a one new mode in there the yard um and some people are having fun with that i don't know you know uh even the ultimate team which they stopped supporting last year 
unreasonably early. You know, uh, it seems like copy and paste pretty much from last year, except just different graphics and art on the cards and on the animations for opening packs and stuff like that. So, you know, I think fans are upset and the evidence is in the user score on Metacritic. Cause I do not know if we've ever seen anything like this before. And I think people are trying to get in the NFL to take notice is that the NFL cares about their fans. They will take notice because people are speaking right now. And the, EA's Madden NFL 21 has a 0.2 as a user score right now. Now, even like games that are really bad or had bad fan service before have have not reached that level of hate. (laughs) This is crazy. A 0.2 user score and not only that yesterday it was trending on twitter for hours as number four and five topics on twitter ea or nfl drop ea monopoly or something like some hashtag like that so people are really trying to get ea's and the nfl's attention and since then ea has announced a bunch of enhancements coming to franchise mode but people aren't happy. Um, people are speaking up, and I'm hoping the NFL is listening and does something about this because, you know, when you are the only uh, show in town and your show is starting to become a little sleazy and crappy, um, it would be nice to either have a massive improvement in that show quality or another alternative of something to go see. And. Uh, 2K has proven in the past to be able to put out good quality football games. I think opening up the competition between them two on every game is better. You know, uh, unfortunately, EA proved they couldn't put out a a decent competition basketball game, so they just gave up. <laughs> so at least at least 2K didn't get the exclusivity for that. I mean they just killed them. They just they just beat them. Beat them at sports games is what 2K did to EA at uh with basketball. And with football, they're not allowed to they're not allowed to even compete with them. So what we did see is 2K got the uh, got the NFL players license for the the players association. And they also got the license for NFL to make like non-simulation games. So uh, we'll see something from 2K going forward. But I would like to see what MLB did with the show. Because MLB, was, the show was a um, game that was exclusive on PlayStation. and the, But the MLB mandated that, hey, you got to make it multi-platform. Right? Because they want more people to experience their stuff. Right? So, you know, the MLB, I think, would be, I think, I think that license is open now, but there just hasn't been anybody up to grab it, you know, to make that competition uh, of a game. I'm not sure on the MLB licensing thing how that's going, how that's going with exclusive. I remember it used to be where like, um, they were the only ones that could make a, um, plat like console holder, yeah, first party game. I think so. I'm not sure exactly how it's going with that, but I think I think they could, other players could get into the uh, MLB game now. They did have 2K did make the MLB 2K series, and then they gave up on it. So that was a multi-platform game. So it wasn't purely exclusivity there for a while. So. Um, again, one game franchise killing another one pretty much. So, you know, may, maybe that's why that maybe they're thinking, okay, well, there can only be really one that exists anyway, but I don't think it's the case. I think we need to see competition. I think MLB the show needs some competition out there. Um, it's great that it's going multi-platform and MLB is, is kind of forcing that. I would like to see the NFL, um, open up their licensing to allow competition. I would like to see. Um, EA get back into the basketball and try and keep investing in it and improving it because live for a while was getting better, you know. Um, maybe you know 
the guys that make MLB the show, they could come out and make a uh, basketball game now. That would be good because it, I, if Sony used to have uh, some great basketball games, the like NBA shootout games, those were my favorite back then. So let's let's see some uh, let's see some more competition. Uh, NFL, I hope you're listening to your fans. You got point two. Anything associated with your brand that has a point two on a user score should be looked at heavily, and um, it should be disappointing to you. So uh, I'm going to end this show, guys, with my Game Pass game of the week. My Game Pass game of the week for episode six. Now this is September 4th, 2020. Is Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. So the reason I'm highlighting this game is because it's a it's a fantastic game, and a lot of people love this game. Um, it sold really well, has great reviews, and it's on Game Pass. Um, they just announced Resident Evil 8, and if you want to see kind of how um, the d- new direction of Resident Evil, uh, this game, Resident Evil 7 uh, Biohazard, that brought... Resident Evil back in a new way because uh, Resident Evil 6 was a huge disappointment to a lot of fans you know Resident Evil 5 was kind of a different game you know than people were expecting it was still a good game I enjoyed that you know uh, I liked Resident Evil 5 um, Resident Evil 6 was people were not happy with that and they went in a completely different direction Resident Evil 7 you know it went to that first person a camera um it went to that intense um close quarters feel um you get it, it brought it it gave you the same feelings that playing resident evil back in the day brought you but in a new way so if you haven't played it and you're into horror games at all give that this game a chance if you subscribe to game pass you don't have to pay anything extra for it you already you already have it right now the resident evil Seven Biohazard. I am gonna try and bring myself to play more of it, but I uh I get too anxious playing these crazy horror games, but I respect the heck out of this game. It was awesome when I was playing it, and I think we're gonna finish it up and and play more of it. Um we'll see. <laughs> I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to horror games, I guess. I don't know. But you know, it's a great game, guys. It really is. It is intense. Um, and I think it's worth worth a look for everybody uh, that's into the, into these kind of games, especially. So Resident Evil 7 Biohazard is my Game Pass game of the week. Um, again, check it out. And I appreciate it, all of y'all tuning in. If you stuck around, I went on for it's an hour and two minutes now. So I've been rambling a lot. You know, uh, check out... Mario 3D All-Stars and Nintendo. I know this is the Xbox podcast, but it, you know when, I, when a classic comes back like that, I got to shout it out. Um, give that Avengers story mode a try, the campaign. Uh, see, see what you think of the opening. Uh, hopefully I didn't spoil too much of it for you. I kind of cut myself off. Um, the, uh, tell me what you think about EA and this fan... Uh, this fan lashing they're taking right now on uh metacritic and and everything and and how it's trending on twitter you know what do you think that ubisoft is gonna show at the forward event is it gonna be splinter cell is it gonna be prince of persia what are they going to show other stuff is it going to be next gen focused uh what's your reasons to look forward to next gen now you know mine it's it's the compatibility with everything that i already have and how it's going to improve it that's reason enough enough alone for me to increase the value of what I've already purchased and how excited I am to try and play all these games that I already own and that I are coming out now that I keep purchasing that I'm going to get improvements on. So Tony Hawk, play the heck out of that game. It deserves it. Um, Witcher 3, CD Projekt Red, Bravo, 505 Games, you suck. Um... Prove me wrong, 505. <laughs> do do something very consumer friendly in the near future to make up for this. Because maybe I'm maybe then I'll consider uh, playing Control on uh, next gen. But uh, that's it for me, guys. Again, my name is Mav. I appreciate your time. 
I appreciate you checking out the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Fun Speculation. Um, check out my Twitch at Fun Speculation. Uh, I've recently started streaming live on YouTube. Uh, that account is Fun Speculation, where you can see this podcast also. Um, and have a great one. Have fun playing games. Hopefully we get some great news next week. Uh, Going to have lots to talk about, I'm sure. So uh, we got the Ubisoft Forward event. Plus we also maybe we'll have some uh, Xbox news. I think. They should have done it already. But I think we're going to get it. All right, have a good one, guys. Later. Bye. <laughs>